This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. I want to preach from the topic, A Year for the Books. Everybody say, A Year for the Books. It's the Word of the Lord concerning 2023 that God has promised uh, that it's going to be a year for the books. I'm not telling you that you're going to write a book. That's not what I'm saying. When I say a year for the books, I'm saying that what God's going to do is going to be so outstanding in your life. You're going to have to write it down for somebody to believe you were once in the place that you currently are. They're not going to believe it, meaning the, re- the results on your life, God is designed to make you remarkable. Say, I am remarkable. God has told me, he said, this is going to be a year for the books. It means it's going to be memorable, outstanding for the record. It means a breaking event in your life. It's going to be a time of achievement. So I want to preach and teach a little bit from this topic, a year for the books, ace it. Everybody say, ace it. And that first word, ACE, which is an acronym, ACE, that first word is achievement, is achievement. God wants us to achieve some things. We have a habit as Christian believers, people of faith, to think that our desire to grow and prosper is greater than the Father's desire for us to grow and prosper. You can't have any more ambition and drive to see you yourself grow and reach certain places than God has for you. God has the greatest desire to see you become everything he wants you to become. Matter of fact, he's been waiting on you. He's been patient with you. He's been merciful to you. He's been sowing seeds of investment in hopes that you will be everything he wanted you to be since the foundation of the world. But God wants us to achieve some things. Everybody say achievement. Philippians 4 and 13, while I'm on the way uh, to my focus here, our latest foundation, Philippians 4 and 13 Uh, talks to us to help us to keep going it says I can do everybody say I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me it means that if Christ strengthens me I can do it there's not anything that I can't do if Christ strengthened me I'm just instruction from God away from doing it. I'm just wisdom from God away from doing it. I'm just godly habits away from it coming to pass. If if Christ strengthens me, gets me moving every day, pushes me, motivates me, there is nothing that I cannot achieve if Christ strengthens me. You see that? He wants you to achieve. Say achieve. Wants you to achieve. Wants you to achieve. To achieve. Look at Mark eight. Mark eight. Achieve. He wants you to achieve. Mark eight thirty six to thirty eight. I want to read this scripture because the disciples were seeing the salvation plan as Jesus was telling them what it takes to be saved. And as Peter heard these words from Jesus about what it took to be saved, they felt like the life of salvation was so difficult that it wasn't going to be worth living. 
Uh, and Peter responded, who can be saved? And I want you to, and how can this thing happen? I want you to see what Jesus says uh, back to uh, Peter. Uh, oh, where am I? Oh, let, let me start. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm ahead of myself. I got excited. Let's go to Mark 8 first. And I'll go back to Matthew. Thank you. Mark 8. Uh, let's get the basis for our achievement. Mark 8. I got to say this first. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mark 8, 36, 37. 36, 38 says, for what shall it profit a man? Everybody say prophets. Say it again. Say prophets. All right. So we're talking about prophets. Everybody say we're talking about prophets. All right. So what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? And lose his soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with, with his holy angels. The principle is here. It's very simple. God wants us to, to achieve but never at the expense of our soul. I want to lay the foundation so if you're going after anything that gets your soul in trouble, you're going after the wrong things. When we start talking about uh, prosperity, fruit, and achievement, and accomplishing things, we got to put it on the right foundation, because if not, we'll have people asking God to do stuff he's not interested in. We'll be having people asking God to bless something that he's not interested in. So we got to understand that it does you no real gain to gain everything in life and lose your soul. So the balance and the teaching here and the principle is to achieve with God, not without him, to achieve with God, to have success with God, to prosper with God. You understand? Uh, we're, we're, it's not absent from God and that's the discipline and the character that will be developed in our lives is learning how to prosper God's way. So I want you to understand we're going to achieve but never lose ground on our soul. You have to you can't be willing to uh, to go back to where you come from just to be prosperous. You you can't be willing to give up your ethics and your character and your uh, your spiritual expression of God just to be blessed or just to be known or just to be recognized. There are people who are moving into high uh, places in government and leadership in their job, but they're doing it unethically. They're doing it because they're making deals behind the table and they're doing wrong things and and putting down righteousness and not living for God. That's not what's on the table like at your neighbor and say my salvation is not on the table when you come to the table of negotiation in order to barter for your skill set and what you're going and what you're going to do one thing that cannot be on the table is your salvation it's not on the table your salvation must be non-negotiable you know what's the beautiful story we're gonna get to Daniel a little bit later the book of Daniel a little bit later but one of the beautiful things about the book of Daniel when they get thrown in the fiery furnace no one of the beautiful things about it is that their salvation is non-negotiable they said something to O King Nebuchadnezzar we want you to know that our God is able to save us. I need some preachers here to know the word. That's what they say. Oh, never. But we want you to know if he don't, 
save us we still won't bow down to you God needs some people he can know he can prosper but you ain't interested in bowing down you say no 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 if I have to get thrown into the fiery furnace I'll go because guess what my lifestyle for God is non-negotiable if he saves us great but if he don't save us I'm still not gonna serve you See, you ain't ready for God until your praise is non-negotiable. I said until your praise. Some of us have been seduced out of our worship, seduced out of our praise. Things come up in our life and the next thing we know, we don't drop everything God told us to hold on to. But you got to get to a place that nothing that God's calling you to is going to make you drop what the devil wants you to drop. The day you say, I refuse to bow down to you is non-negotiable non-negotiable I don't have to sin to be blessed huh the blessing of the Lord and addeth come on I don't have to live that way to be uh, have influence oh y'all ain't want to preach today Lord help me I'm just trying to get out the gate I'm going to have influence but I ain't got to do nothing that's not going to please God I'm going to have wealth I feel like confessing I'm just talking about me you can join in if you want to I'm going to have wealth but I'm never going to have to live in sin come on somebody come on somebody people going to like me but ain't because I ain't going to have no standards come on somebody come on somebody we got to stop being so negotiable over the thing that God has told us to live out it profits the man nothing to gain the world and lose his soul let's keep going I'm still on achievement Matthew 19 God wants you to achieve God wants you to grow prosper achievement still on achievement I'll move faster in a bit just hold on Matthew 19, 27 through 30. And I'm reading it from the message translation because this thing speaks to me like none other. Mm. Matthew 19, 27 and 30. It says, then Peter, remember I told you Peter was having a hard time with Jesus explaining the gospel and he was just like, is this thing really worth it? Is it really worth it to live for God? You know, and I understand we've had some previous generations, some which unlearned towards scripture. Some parts of some of our ancestors being learned towards scripture has something to do with how we were treated in some regards in certain races, how people were treated. And so sometimes they didn't have information. And because you didn't have information, people didn't have high literacy. And because of the result of not being able to read and comprehend, there's just certain things that we people didn't know about God. So we've seen generations who can shout and dance but can't pay bills. I said we see generations of Christians who can pray but don't know how to handle business matters. So, so they land get taken because they don't know how to take care of business matters. They are afraid to live life and use the wisdom of this world and to prosper in a godly way. And so we have godly people who just hadn't achieved certain things that God still wants for us. Peter was having a dilemma trying to understand how this thing works. But look how Jesus says about our salvation. Matthew 19, 27, 30. Then Peter chimed in, we left everything and followed you. I gave up everything. Went to the revival and he said, give it all. And I gave it all. Came to the altar, I gave it all. I don't do what I used to do no more. I don't say what I used to say no more. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? Isn't it a wonderful testimony to say we left everything? 
Hallelujah. He said, we left everything and followed you. What do we get out of it? Now see, there's part, oh Lord, help me to finish here today. There are some Christians who are not interested at all in return. They are sowers, but they don't complete the full equation of harvest. They are accustomed to sowing, and then the next word they say is, God don't have to pay me back. You are out of order, out of biblical context when you sow righteousness that you don't expect to see a harvest and a reward. It is unbiblical to sow and not expect something to come back. It is unbiblical. The Bible says if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. That's why it says be not weary and well doing the same chapter. It says reason why I want you to not be weary because if you sow, you can expect something to come back. It is unbiblical biblical for you to sow and not expect the harvest let me me go let me go all the way to the the eternity it is it is unbiblical for you to live holy and repel it is unbiblical for you to have Jesus in your life and not receive the reward of heaven come on somebody he doesn't ah God come on now Uh, the Bible says uh, he that cometh to God must believe that he is comma and that he is that he wait 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 he that cometh to God must believe that he is that's exists must believe that he is he exists and that he is that's present a rewarder to them say a rewarder he's a rewarder come on he's in the Bible he's a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. We got to get rid of this unbiblical mindset he want us to achieve. Let me try to read. Peter said, what do we get out of it? Look at verse 28. Jesus replied, yes, you have followed me in the recreation of the world when the son of man will rule glorious who you who followed me will also rule starting with the 12 tribes of Israel not only you but anyone who sacrifices home family fields whatever because of me will get it all back a hundred times over. He said, wait, wait, let me correct you, Peter, that you think living for God, you're going to end up broke. Let me correct you, Peter, for thinking you're going to live for me, sacrifice all, and I'm not going to raise you up. He says, those who give for me and sacrifice for me, he mentioned houses, land, and then he put in, in, in the message, whatever, he says, be, because of me, will I get it, give it all back, say a hundred times. Comma, Watch this. Not to mention. Not to mention. Wait, wait, wait. Hold a minute. For the people who think this talking about a hundred times, talking about your mansion in heaven. It's not talking about your streets paved with gold in heaven. The King James Version says, in this time and the time to come. That's what the King James Version say. He says, not to mention. He says, the hundred times, I'm not even talking about heaven. 
not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life he says you ain't gonna show to me and end up broke you ain't gonna show to me and not have a reward tell somebody I got something good coming in this life y'all you ought to praise him right that's bible y'all that's bible see ain't nobody want to go ain't nobody want to give up everything see that's why the message of christianity in some regards have been so unattractive because you want to tell people to give up everything and never get nothing back and that don't even how it work in our daily lives it's like going to work all day working extra time overtime, and then you look at your boss saying you ain't got to give me nothing Yeah, you ain't never did that with your saved self. You never went there to your boss and said, I was sitting there in my office and I heard the Lord. Uh, the Lord whispered to me. And I know when I hear him, I heard him. And I was sitting here working. Oh, do you remember all them overtime hours I did? The Lord said, don't pay me. You ain't never said because when you sow, you expect to reap. We got to get this wrong unbiblical perspective out of our lives. God wants you to grow. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to see the blessing of your seed. God wants you to see what he can do. If you trust him, tell somebody in this life. <laughs> I'm still excited. Not to mention the bonus of eternal life. Now watch this. this watch this next verse. Watch this next verse. This is the great reversal this is he says what's happening in your life is called the great reversal many of the first end up last and the last end up first what he says some of y'all may have had a slow start but when he finished the great reversal you're gonna be on top some of y'all may have gr grown up eating grilled cheese for lunch and don't know what it's like to have a, a wonderful full breakfast and a wonderful full lunch and a dinner and many ate scraps because you had to share with brother and sisters but if you keep serving god and following god god said i'm gonna reverse your start I'm going to reverse your hardship. I'm going to reverse your pain. Tell somebody, I got a great reversal coming. He said, I'll reverse how you started. I'll reverse the pain. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The great reversal. Everybody say achievement. I got to move. That's the A. Now the C. The word is contingent. Say contingent. So we first have the word achievement, but well, the second word is contingent. Mm -hmm, contingent. Here's my favorite verse in this season, in this time. It comes from Ephesians third chapter, verse 20. Ephesians third chapter, verse 20. Uh, this is what it says in Ephesians third chapter, verse 20. It says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that's a whole lot now exceeding abundantly that's already enough above all that we could ask or think according to uh oh uh oh contingency uh oh according to the power that works in us the scripture says that God ain't gonna do nothing that you ain't willing to do 
Meaning, as much as you experience God so far depends on how much faith and effort you have put into God. And if you want more out of God, I know we don't like to teach like this, um, um, you know, because we got people who like to do very little but expect a whole lot. Uh, he says, I'm going to do more than you can ask or think, but it's going to be in alignment with the power that works in you. Many times when we hear the promises of God, we miss it. It's all through the Bible that Jesus and the word of God, even from the Old and New Testament, love to use the if and then clauses. And we try to ignore the if and then clauses to like that everything is automatic. It's not automatic. Like I said, you can be saved, broke, and still go to heaven. But never experiences the promises of what God can do in your life in the earth. So you'll go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. That's the bonus. We want to go to heaven. But that means you can be miserable all your days on this earth. Hallelujah. You can be miserable every morning you wake up. You cannot understand what it is to achieve your destiny, but you will still go to heaven. The truth of the matter, God's complete salvation plan, complete, and I said complete salvation plan, is not just for us to go to heaven. No, it's not. If it was, the moment you got saved, he would have came and took the ghost up and you would have been out of here if that was his full plan. But he's left you here to be a witness to him. Come on. And you can, the better, the better. Come on, somebody. I know some people talking about waiting on the next paycheck. Work it out. I understand that. Kind of turn it over to the Lord. Work it out. Thank God for those trials and those seasons. But I believe I'm a better witness when I'm blessed. I said I believe I'm a better witness when I'm prosperous. I'm better witness witness when I know who I am I'm a better witness when I'm not confused about my destiny God left you here to be a witness for him right and so he tells us that he can do more according to everybody say contingent the other verse you already know and I'll just say it, most of you know it says faith without is dead so it's contingent everybody say it's contingent so everything you got excited about with the with the a what, what did you no, no, don't lose your excitement now. Don't lose it now. Come on back. Everything you oh, f, everything you looked at your neighbor and said, I feel the Holy Ghost. Everything that you were just excited about with the A, the achievement, is contingent. Oh yes, it is. It's contingent. It's contingent upon you working your faith. And my last uh letter acronym for ACE is evident say evident so so far we have achievement we have contingent and we have evident to really unfold evident i want to go to daniel the first chapter and this is where i'll spend my time here for the next few minutes and i'll be done daniel one i want to show you evident say evident 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 i'll start reading that first chapter just hold tight it's gonna bless you in the third year of the reign of jehokahim King of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon and Jerusalem, and he besieged it, attacked it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Hmm, read that. With parts of the vessel of the house of God, God allowed the king of Judah to be taken by Nebuchadnezzar, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of God. So he took God's stuff and brought it into his house of idolatry. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did. 
And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Everybody say certain children. Underline here, I'm teaching here. Certain children. Say certain children. Say not everybody. Say certain children. Mm -hmm. Of the king's seed and of the princes. Verse 4. Children. What kind of children? Children in whom was no blemish. But well favored and skillful in all wisdom. Cunning in knowledge and understanding science. And such as have the ability in them, ability in them, the ability in them to stand in the king's palace. Lord, help me. And whom they may teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Let me pause. He says, I need you to go and find certain children. The requirements of these type of children is they can't have no blemish. They got to be well favored. They got to be skillful in wisdom. Skillful in wisdom. Say, everybody say evident. Uh, evident. Or where you get the word evidence. Not just any children. I need you to pick the ones who are intelligent. The ones who are smart and like being smart. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when you find out your intellectual capacity, if you're not careful, you could be in an environment of people and because of maybe their perspectives on intellectual capacity, you dumb yourself down. And here you are 15, 20 years later, afraid to meet up to your intellectual capacity. I remember um, as a young boy, and I've told this story some years ago, uh, I was a very lazy student when I was in elementary school. One part because I love music so much and I love church so much that when I would get in the classroom, all I would do is make music with my mouth, with my hands, play the drums on everything. I mean, it was a racket. Imagine trying to teach a class and you got little Joe Jr. in the back. Taka, taka, poop, But right with my mouth. I mean, everything. I mean, just in my body, just like I am today. And just a little bit, you know, less polished back then. Making all those noise and she writing notes home to my mom. He comes in the class and he just makes all types of noise. Boom, shakapata. And he just loves music all day and he don't want to focus and I wasn't interested in it. Well, because of that, I got put into a class to help me learn and help me grow. And they just wanted to put me in that class so that I can get the, the support that I needed. And I went in that class. And as I was sitting in that class and listening to everybody else, and there were some folks, of course, because whatever the reason was, we respect where people are, they were having challenges answering the questions. But I was having to go to this class every day after school, Monday through Friday. And as a little kid who loves to play, it messed with my playtime. And at first I went because they put me in the class, but after a while I got tired of that thing. And after they put them questions on that board, I answered, I know the answer, this, that, 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 this, that, 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 because I got to get out of here. Y'all messing up my playtime. Y'all messing up things because you think I don't have the capacity to learn. What I'm trying to say is if you keep dumbing yourself down, people going to think that's just what you are. If you keep playing yourself low, that's what people going to think you are. If you keep behaving that way, like 
like you senile and naive and don't have the capacity to make good decisions people gonna start no get off of it get off of it everything that people believe about you may not just be because they are negative because some of you may have fed into the very perception that people have of you and when I got tired of missing my playtime I decided it was time to answer these questions so I could go back to the class and do what I needed to do and I stopped acting like I wasn't smart I don't know what y'all talking about maybe I'm talking to a student or child that's sitting in here that I always want to sit in the back of the class and clown and after a while when I found out those in the back of the class with me I don't know about everywhere but in the class I was in and the bro was in the back wasn't one passing no grades and stuff like that I was in the I was in the back with B's and A's and stuff like that and when that got their, their report card and they had C's and D's and F's I decided my god I don't want nobody to think because I'm in the back I'm trying to tell you you got to move up to your capacity say capacity I want you to see the requirements they had wisdom cunning and knowledge and they understood science intellectual capacity these men had and I want you to focus on they had the ability in them say the ability they had the ability to stand in the king's palace they have composure they knew protocol you know because you don't have ability it's just certain places you can't take people unless they have training and protocol how to behave in certain places come on I've been on I had to learn something tell somebody you have to learn some new things yeah when I first got married you know Pastor Brown was very hard on me at the dinner table I picked up on my ancestors eating habits at the eating table chewing with your mouth open and making noises and all that kind of stuff and don't know what folk to eat with and what what the grab with certain and when you get to certain places there's just certain things you gotta learn you gotta grow so you so so we'll know you belong here mm -hmm. no 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 he says they had the ability to stand and i want you to understand whom they may teach it means they were teachable ask your neighbor are you stuck meaning that the place you are in is your last place of learning until Jesus comes you're going to be right there you're not growing any further because you don't told everybody this is the way I am my mama was this way my daddy was this way and come on sir. and this is the way we Smiths be you can keep holding on to the deficits of your last name and what your mama and your daddy never overcame but you have an opportunity we can still love them and grow you ain't heard to say, I said we can still love them and grow. Come on, somebody. You ain't got to tube your nose up if your education or your skill level exceed your parents and your ancestors. You can still love them and grow. Come on, somebody. Who can we teach the tongue of the Chaldeans? Y'all see that? Say evident. Keep reading with me. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he did drink, so nourishing them three years. Three years, say a regimen. The other thing God's been talking to me about, about this a year for the books is we're going to adopt new regiments. Say new regiments. Nourishing three years, so it was on a three-year plan. At the end there, thereof, they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah. Unto them 
unto whom the prince of the units gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. We did our best here. And I want you to know, I go and listen to these things before I have to pronounce them. I go and listen to them things. But when you don't talk this language every day, when you get up here to preach, you still don't remember what you listened to. I did. Give me another try. I promise you I'll do better next time. I went and listened to it in its proper pronunciation. It just didn't totally stay with me. But if you give me another chance at bat, I promise you. Verse 8. Look at verse 8. But Daniel, so the king has a plan, a three-year plan to put them on a certain regimen. But, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's people. You know why people can't fast? They just had purpose in their heart. Because you can do anything you want to do. When you make up your mind to do something, you can do what you want to do. He says, but Daniel purpose in his heart. Another version in King James Version takes the word purpose and uses the word determined. Uh, you got to be determined. But da Daniel determined in his heart, made a decision that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, underline, he requested. He requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He said, look, I understand y'all want to put me on a three-year regimen so that when I get ready to come before the king, I'm ready. He says, but because I have already determined who I live for and how I'm going to behave, I already laid the foundation about being non-negotiable. I have already laid the foundation of who I am. I'm going to give you a request. He asked him, the prince of the unit, that he may not defile him. I need to do this because of the, the code of conduct and righteousness that I am to live by. There are certain things I can't do. Right? But I understand the king has a plan, but, but, but let me and my God get to work and let me present another plan to you. You with me? So one of the things I want you to understand here, let me go to verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of units. Let me understand. Many of us got to understand what favor really is. I'm not going to teach on it in fullness today, but understand favor is a currency. I said favor is a currency. Favor is a, just like money is a currency. Favor is a currency. So is integrity. Integrity is a, is a currency too. Many times in, in uh, favor goes along with integrity. Many times you get favor because you are integral. People trust you. So favor, understanding favor means you have the currency of trust. But favor also comes with mercy. What we would do, we will not do because we're going to grant you favor and kindness. Favor also has boundaries and requirements. You know what I'm saying? It's the worst thing to do is give somebody a favor and they don't understand what it means. They say, hey, Joe, can I hold your car? I want to go ride to the grocery store. And I said, oh, sure. How long are you going to be? Oh, I just beat about 45 minutes. And because, you know, I believe they can try to go to the store and be back 45 minutes, I let them hold my car. 
But then an hour later, I'm like, hey, where are you? I'm texting you, not answering. You're not calling me back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Two hours later, you walk back with my car and say, oh, I had other places I had to go. Favor has boundaries and requirements. You just can't take somebody's favor and do what you want to do with it. You just can't take somebody's favor and just decide, since I got it, I'm a, no, 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 that wasn't the boundaries of favor. David understands favor, and so he has this conversation with the head of the eunuch so he can get the boundaries and the requirements of favor. Verse 10, and the prince of the eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king. This is what the prince of the eunuch, I fear the lord, my king, who hath appointed me. Listen to how he talks with his responsibilities. I fear the Lord my king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. He appointed me. This is my task. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? He says, basically, I, I have problems doing what you're asking me because I have responsibilities too. My king can't have you coming before him and you're not up to par. Because if you're not up to par, it means I didn't do my job. Then he shall make me endangered. My then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. You can put my, my head gonna be going to the king. You ask me what you do. Verse eleven. Then Daniel said to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. This is what Daniel said: Prove thy servants. God's going to test you if you can be promoted. God's going to approve you. He says, he says, prove your servants. Now, I like Daniel, because Daniel says, just prove me. Try me out. You've already given me favor. Trust me with this endeavor that we're talking about. I beseech thee 10 days. I don't know really where we got 21 day fast for Daniel, but that's what we do. I do want to admit that while I'm teaching. In this chapter, there are 21 verses. But Daniel fasted 10 days. But don't you quit. Oh, yeah. I know how, I know how you think. I know. I got you. I got you. I got you. I just had to preach Bible. But I just had to watch somebody. Somebody was like, he about to cut this thing off. He about to cut this thing. No, no, no. Huh? Ten days. Y'all done got me tickled. Y'all done got me tickled. Verse 12. <laughs> and let them give us post to eat. That's the vegetables, that's the soup. Post to eat and water to drink. His new diet, all right? Ten days. We're gonna eat vegetable soup to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat the portion of the king's meat. Then weigh us against what we've eaten versus the ones who's at the king's table. Eating steak and meat and lobster. I'm about to stop. Read. <laughs> Come on, verse 13. Y'all, let's focus. Let's focus. 
children that eateth the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. Give us this time, weigh us, compare us, and as, y'all, as you see, deal with the servants. Verse 14, so he consented to them in this matter and proved them 10 days. And at the end, and at the end, <laughs> When you want people to declare and repeat something, you say like, you say as a pastor, you say freedom. Everybody say freedom. They be like, say joy. They be like, I read 10 days. I be like, 10 days, 10 days. (laughs) Verse 15, verse 15. (laughs) Prove that what? And at the end of the 10 days, their countenance, listen, appeared fairer, fatter in the flesh than all the children, Lord help me, which did eat all the portion of the king's meat. (sighs) Tell somebody, you ain't got to do what everybody's doing. God got a way of getting you to the blessed place. You ain't got to act like everybody's acting. You ain't got to start living like everybody's living. God got a regimen for you that you're going to end up looking better, end up being fatter and healthier. Tell somebody, God got a way. God got a way. God got a way. Verse 16, thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them post. He tested them and he said, my God, I don't know what y'all been doing on these 10 days, but on these 10 days with this pulse and this water, y'all look better than everybody who's at the king's table, who's having choice meat and all these type of things. Look at you all. Here it is, verse 17. As these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom and David and Daniel, excuse me, had understanding in all visions and dream here it is not only did he understand the things of the world everybody say I'm smart I'm intelligent said again I'm smart I'm intelligent I have great capacity to learn and grow all right not only did they have that great capacity to learn and grow in natural things but it says and Daniel had understanding in visions and dreams in all things, which means not only was he smart in book knowledge, but he also understand God's ways. He also had a prophetic edge. Tell somebody, don't look at me like no nerd. I know how to pray. Say, don't look at me like the only thing I can do is read a book. I can also read the word. Come on, somebody. I'm not just smart in natural stuff. I also have a prophetic edge that I can walk in the spirit. I can walk with the Lord. He said he can see, understand visions and dreams. Here it is. I'm almost done. At the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel. Hananiah, Mashiach, Azariah. Therefore, they, therefore stood they before the king. Prepared. Made, made the requirements because none look, was found, none was found like them. Look at verse 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king, in, that the king inquired of them. They prospered so much that the king depended on them. 
inquired of them, he found them, everybody say, 10 times better. Say, 10 times better. Here it is, I'm about done. Then all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. I'm done. But I want you to understand what God is trying to do is make his presence in your life evident. Evident. Ten times better. Their diet with God, their relationship with him made them ten times better. I want you to understand God is going to bring evidence of your consecration. God's going to bring evidence of your walk with him. God's going to bring evidence. One of the fruit that he's going to manifest is the evidence of his presence. The evidence of his wisdom. Come on. And I believe this year, will you lift your hands? I'm done. I'm ready to pray. Lift your hands. This is going to be a great year where many of you maneuver out of stuff that you thought was problematic and things you could not get through for years. Lift your hands. God said, this year, I'm going to give you wisdom like never before. You are just wisdom, insight, and knowledge away from tweaking your life to a whole nother place. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.